Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So before I... Uh, get into this little piece of, of history with all of you. The Clearly, the, pres- the candidates who went before Tucker Carlson didn't anticipate questions about Ukraine. If they did, they would have been an- able to answer them more solidly I- instead of trying to give us a bunch of pablum about being leaders of the free world and having to do this and having to do that because uh, being leaders of the free world or having that status is not a suicide pact. It's not a, it's not a bankruptcy arrangement. So we're, we're not obligated to give our blood and treasure for just nothing and for, and for, for whatever whim the military-industrial complex wants. And so a lot of the questions that... Tucker Carlson was asking these these people who came before him were about Ukraine, but it's somehow they they acted like like that's not a concern of Americans, and it is because we can sit here in front of our eyes and watch billions of dollars go out the door while our domestic area suffers, whether it be the border, whether it be the inner cities, what have you. And Tucker Carlson asked, for instance, Tim Scott. It's like. Dude, did you not did you not realize that this this question would come up? As I told Jim Hoft, it seemed like none of these people ever have watched Tucker Carlson. I, I I'm I'm telling you, either it is arrogance or hubris or what it is, I don't know. But but you they acted like they must have thought, oh, Tucker's that guy that uh, all the left wing people make fun of. Oh, he's that guy who was fired by Fox. Nobody, nobody cares about him. I'm like, did you guys know that uh, more people actually care about him than they care about Fox News, and 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 what he has to say, mainly because he does have his finger on the pulse of what normal, average, everyday people are thinking. But I, I don't know what it was. Tim Scott just um, bumbled this question about Ukraine, and it was a, it's a really super good one, too. Well, so, so here's, I'm just interested, because all measures are relative. So Russia's bad, Russia's a threat, Putin's evil, got it. But the total body count from Russia in the United States is right around zero. Like, I don't know anyone who's been killed by Russia. I know people personally who've been killed by Mexico. The government of Mexico allows fentanyl to be made in its country and to come over our border. Yes. And remittances from Mexico are a huge part of their economy. The Mexican government is party to the murder of hundreds of thousands of Americans. So why is Mexico less of a threat than Russia? Well, two things. I think we can walk and chew gum at the same time. Okay, but... Yeah, and for, frankly... And, and that was the typical response. It was the same thing from Mike Pence. So well, we could do both. We could help Americans and help Ukraine. It's like... Well, you're you're still only helping Ukraine right now. That's where all the money's going. I know you can do both, but that's not what's happening right now. Republicans are in in the House 
They control the purse strings, and, and they're sending nothing but billions of dollars to Ukraine. And, and the presidential candidates like Tim Scott and others support it. There's no Americans killed by Russia, yep. hundreds of thousands killed by Mexico, but Mexico's our ally and Russia's our enemy. How does that work? Well, I'm not going to pretend like I, the legislation I have sponsored that I would sign as president of the United States freezes the assets of the Mexican cartels, targets the Mexican cartels, and hopefully eliminates the flow of fentanyl. Because I do agree with you that 70,000 Americans losing their lives on an annual basis is an existential threat to America that we can solve. Bad answer. Because just going after the cartels isn't enough. Tucker kind of lets him off the hook a little bit, gently, by reminding him, hey, maybe actually you ought to go after the government of Mexico. You don't have to Wouldn't choose the good news. Would you be willing that. to say to the Mexican government, your economy runs on factories right over the border, car plants, for example, but many other manufacturing uh, plants, and we're just going to stop tariffs on that and tank your economy, like tomorrow, unless you stop allowing poison to come into our country. Like, why not do that? Huh? Well, and, and, and Tim Scott's like, yeah, that's a good idea. I'm like, okay, Mr. Scott, you're, you're running for president. Uh, I mean, Tucker Carlson's a smart guy and a helpful guy, but... Tucker Carlson shouldn't be the one to think about this first. Those should have been right out of your mouth is I'm going to make Mexico pay for what they've done to our country. Because, listen, if you can if you can beat your chest and talk about Russia being made to pay or this and that, why aren't you talking about Mexico? Well, it's because uh, we've got a financial arrangement with them, uh, cheap labor, uh, cheap company operations, all that kind of stuff, and we don't want to mess with it. So we just pretend oh, it's a cartel thing and not a Mexican government thing. The overreaching thing that I think a lot of us worry about is this becoming another Vietnam. It's at this point beyond just the money being spent. It, it, it's what we're uh, doing in terms of starting to uh, meddle in actual military operations. You just saw last week, and this didn't hardly get any coverage at all, which was the executive order calling up the reservists to be on on the ready to get involved in Ukraine. Uh, that doesn't mean it's happening. I'm just saying it's there. And this, of course, as I talked to Jim Talent about on Friday, this reminds me of the advisor thing. Remember that in South Vietnam? And, and, and one of the things I want to... That really stood out to me, and this is this is this is actually going back to November twenty second of nineteen sixty three. It was the day JFK was assassinated. There's a there's a video out there, uh, and it and it is chronicling the arrival of JFK and Jackie O to uh, Jacqueline Kennedy to uh, Love Field in Dallas. And the anchor is narrating all of this and, and talking about, actually, sadly enough, what the president's plans were going to be after they got back on the plane and flew down to Austin, which was their next stop. Uh, and, and then they, their, their weekend would continue. I was really curious about this because the, uh, and it was, it's at the tail end of this video. And uh, you're going to hear something that sounds familiar to you. We'll then go to the LBJ Ranch, where he and Mrs. Kennedy will spend the night. Then they will leave sometime about, uh, oh, I think midday tomorrow is the latest work we have. 
at what time they will leave and fly back. The president's weekend, however, will not be over because uh, word from Washington indicates that the president will meet with uh, Henry Cabot Lodge, who has just returned from South Vietnam, a special presidential uh, mission and advisor out there. And there will be some very uh, lengthy discussions this weekend at the president's Maryland retreat uh, concerning uh, the recognition of a new government in South Vietnam. The possibility and the timing of that recognition will be discussed. That was the talk of Vietnam. It was 1963, November 22nd. That weekend, JFK was supposed to be meeting with this special envoy, Henry Cabot Lodge, who was one of the advisors, they called him, uh, in South Vietnam. Of course, this was then the recognition of this new government in South Vietnam that laid the groundwork, of course, for the clash with North Vietnam. So if you look at this, that weekend, what we don't ever know, or maybe we'll never know, what uh, JFK was going to say to Henry Cabot Lodge and to those others as they plotted how uh, to deal with the new government of South Vietnam. My... Supposition is that JFK would have never gotten us into a full-fledged ground war in Vietnam. I do not believe it would have ever happened. I think there's some circumstantial evidence that would indicate to us that he would not have let that happen. Uh, And and, uh, JFK, as RFK has pointed out, was, was profoundly suspicious of the military-industrial complex, as well as profoundly suspicious of the CIA, which at that time was heavily involved in operations in South Vietnam. And it just so happens JFK was murdered before he ever had what could have been a fateful meeting that weekend uh, with Henry Cabot Lodge and, and people from the South Vietnam contingent there. And so who knows how odd it is that, that actually the day, the weekend of his assassination, that the, 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 the weekend was going to wrap up with JFK convening people to talk about the, you know, our involvement in South Vietnam. And again, all indications are that, JFK would have never taken that second step. He was way, way too suspicious of the military-industrial complex. He was way, way too suspicious of uh, of any, the CIA and otherwise in the deep state. Uh, and, and so this, this meeting, um, you know, we had already had people over there, not just advisors, but actual military contingents over there and it's it's all indications are that that uh that once the new government of south vietnam settled in jfk was going to say that's it it's over and now they can deal with their own this is how we're going to do it uh we can help south vietnam but if north vietnam decides they're going to attack or do whatever we're going to have to stay out of this local civil war and guess what happened? He shot to death the weekend before this meeting takes place. 
LBJ takes the oath of office and boom, within two years, Vietnam is a full-fledged catastrophe and we've got tens of thousands of troops over there and tens of thousands of troops die. This is how wars start. Uh, and, and Ukraine has all the markings of another Vietnam. Uh, and, and, and I believe that that's the intention of not just Democrats, but some Republicans to continue on with this slog. And because it benefits all of their military industrial complex masters, it, it creates another uh, thing. It creates another deal that they can make money off of. Don't forget that many of the individuals making money off of the Vietnam War and making weapons, guess what state they were in, many of them? Yeah. Texas. Guess what state LBJ was from? Texas. So that's that's the thing. And, and watching this video uh, from 1963 at the tail end, them talking about that meeting is haunting uh, and, and, and crazy to listen to that and know that that weekend could have been a pivotal weekend in the future of our involvement in Vietnam. And all indications are that JFK was going to cut it off at the pass and he was the one who was cut off at the pass, so to speak. Crazy, huh? 314-566-6104. It's Common Sense Radio. And, oh, the actors are all complaining and whining. We'll see how they respond to a question. So you all know that this... Um, Actor strike is is going on, right? And 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 there is a um, question that would was put to uh, Fran Drescher uh, about whether or not people ought to really actually care for um, for the actors who are on strike. And Attention, homeowners! Check this out. First, you're going to get a free water test, and they're not going to pay a dime for this commercial. I should I should bill them. But but here here's what happened. So, Fran Drescher, they're having a news conference, and all the actors are out there. And some reporter says, "Hey, uh, why should we really care about actors on strike?" Hi. So let's finish it up with what is your message to the fans and consumers who aren't interested in the nuance that we're discussing here today? They just want their favorite TV shows, or they want to go to the movies. And and, and by the way, I'm thinking Fran Drescher is going to respond by saying. <laughs> with her laugh, but she doesn't. So she she, she responds like Movies. indignantly. Well, what makes you think they're not interested in what's happening here? I think that they have an allegiance to all of us because they we bring joy to their lives, we bring entertainment to their lives, and during COVID, they turn to us for everything. So I don't think that your assumption that they don't really care about anything but being entertained over the summer is the bottom line when the people that give so much to them and enrich their lives in so many ways are saying, 
we are being taken advantage of in a terrible way. And if we let this happen to us, dollars for donuts is going to happen to you and your family, your children, and everybody that you work with, too. That's how threatening this moment is in our nation's history. Wow. Well, now that you put it that way, um, man, it looks like something is going on that seems to be important, Fran. I just still don't know exactly what it is. I mean, did you hear her? I I, I never knew that they really thought that they were uh, America's uh, lifeguard. I mean, it, this is unbelievable. During COVID, we gave people everything. It's like, you did? Because uh, I think most of the time, you guys, weren't you guys on Twitter talking about uh, idiot Trump and hydroxychloroquine being some kind of stupid, idiotic thing to do? Ivermectin, horse. Weren't you guys all on Twitter talking about that? Weren't you? the so, so, so while you were supposedly entertaining us all because we were watching Netflix or whatever other garbage there was out there, uh, we were watching you on Twitter mocking all of us, especially us decent people and conservatives, for uh, not obeying your master Fauci's mask mandates, for not getting the vaccines that you all uh, helped uh, that your, your fascist pig shutdown artists demand us to do. Because it seems to be, and I, I actually haven't checked Fran Drescher's Twitter feed or anything like that, but it would be curious. It'd be really interesting if somebody did uh, come up with that and 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 and, and figure out what were all these actors who were involved in this uh, doing. Uh, so, just in case you're curious, uh, what they're looking for. So they're joining the Writers Guild uh, to um, to go over issues like artificial intelligence and compensation in the streaming area. And they announced this action that they're going to go and, and, and uh, say that we're, we're going to get rid of this because they, they're afraid they're going to be, for instance, replaced by AI and that they're not getting uh, more money for streaming content. And, I mean, I don't blame them for the, on the streaming side of it, uh, but, I mean... It, it, it's kind of like I understand AI and I understand how that works and I understand how you can actually possibly be replaced by AI. But where were you uh, when all of the blue collar workers and everybody else were replaced by, oh, let's see, people shipped in here from India uh, on on worker cards? Uh, to, because to to uh, benefit all the corporations that wind up, for instance, sponsoring your television shows and everything else. I mean, I I'm just wondering where these people have been for us. Yeah, and and, and that's kind of one of the problems. Is it's not just I don't I I don't I don't bemoan rich people. I, I you know I I mean, uh, one of the ways rich people stay rich is by making more money. And and that's kind of what happens. So I don't I don't I don't have any issues by itself with oh look at you and your mansions and look at you and your things. That's not what this is about. It's about where were you for most of the normal Americans that you're now asking to support you and and worship this 
this movement of you because you somehow were lifesavers to them the whole time. But it seems to me, in my memory, uh, looking back during 2020 and during the whole COVID thing, it seems to me that Hollywood was probably uh, the most voraciously supportive of shutdowns and everything else. You know why? Because the more you got to sit at home, the more money they make because you're watching TV. That I mean, that's that's what it all was. Part of that, uh, they, 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 we saved you during COVID. It's like, no, you actually were want the ones on Twitter telling everybody uh, to stay home. You were the ones on Twitter mocking people who were using alternate forms of alleviation of the COVID virus. You were the ones demanding that we all go in lockstep and and uh, and and support any kind of COVID mandate that came from the government. And now you want us to kind of help you with your AI or contracts or whatever happens to be and, and your streaming compensation and all that kind of stuff. But unfortunately for a lot of these folks, you know, uh, you look at like where where have they been for us and they've been at like award ceremonies, giving each other awards and giving speeches and condemning the the one man that most of America voted for. Uh, so I don't really have much sympathy for them one way or the other. And it was a it was a um, it was a good good question and a pretty uppity answer if you ask me. Three one four five six six sixty one zero four. Common Sense Radio. Yeah, Geraldo tried to pull one on the view, and that didn't work out well for old Geraldo. We'll have that for you, too. That makes All right, so the... Lots of these people busying themselves with stuff. I, I know it's, it's, it's a... Uh, uh, U.S. Department of Transportation had the National Highway Traffic Transportation Safety Administrations, they have this fatality analysis reporting system and this uh, outfit called Consumer Affairs put together a list of the worst drivers, the, the cities with the worst drivers. Now, uh, I'm, I'm, I don't know exactly what the standards were. I mean, they obviously based it on uh, driving fatalities related to bad driving, as they say. And St. Louis wound up fifth on a list, but St. Louis winds up in the top 10 of everything because St. Louis is not judged on a metropolitan area basis. They're judged on basically 300,000 people. And you're going to have a high rate of everything when you're only using 300,000 people as opposed to like 2 million or what have you, which is basically what our metropolitan area is. And uh, so your rate absolutely skyrockets when you're dealing with a small segment of the population like they do in St. Louis. So St. Louis always winds up on these things. Memphis is number one, Baton Rouge, Albuquerque, Macon, Georgia, Cleveland, Ohio, Detroit, Hesperia, California, and Rockford, Illinois. Those are nine uh, cities. And I have to tell you, though, in if you've been driving around, you know you know there are a lot of people like in St. Louis, like they they run red lights like crazy, uh, and, and and so it, it, and, but they do that everywhere, uh, and, and but you have to also understand 
that some of the structures that we have, whether it be the traffic that we have or, or the lights and the timing of the lights and all that kind of stuff, is not conducive to uh, cushioning us from bad drivers. So, you, so you're going to have sometimes the, the timing of the lights and all that kind of stuff, which, which is really super frustrating. I mean, St. Louis has these, I mean, traffic lights where it's like, why is there a freaking traffic light right here? What is, what is going on here? What's wrong? And so you're going to get some people who are going to be impatient, whatever. Highway 40, you know, they, they screwed everybody with that. Remember when they redid Highway 40? Can any of you actually uh, come up with one example of what they, what, of any improvement to Highway 40? from before they did the improvements? I mean, because I know I can't. I've lived here a long time, and I know I can't. There was nothing identifiably better or improved after Highway 40 was redone. Nothing. Nothing. Except for maybe those, you know, sound walls or whatever it was, but that's about it. But nothing is in, in relation to driving. And so you, so there was, you know, so they, they, they had the same, same narrow road, the same ridiculous, stupid backups um, around Forest Park and all this other nonsense for, because of the way they, they've, they've engineered uh, roads and things like that. So there's a little bit of that mixed together. It just kind of depends. And, and, and sometimes though, uh, you're going to have bad drivers, but I don't know what really constitutes that I know, I, I don't know whether St. Louis has an inordinate amount of people who are actually um, riding in that left-hand lane because we have a lot of people who do that, and I'm not quite sure whether or not um, that there's really anybody else uh, who who has that problem. I'm sure there is, but for whatever reason, that's a gigantic problem. I know as much as driving as I do, it's really uh, a a real problem and a real frustration. And I mean, and I, I always try to figure out like what is it that defines a person's mentality that has them in the left lane when they know they're holding up traffic. They know people want to get around them, and that and yet they persist in in driving in the left lane. I, I guess it's because what uh, they want to dictate how fast you go. It's like it, it's their road, and I mean I don't know. I understand the whole mentality of cars and everybody, you know, who who doesn't have any power and who's you know kind of a a eunuch so to speak in their personality. Uh, and it's the only place they actually have control over other people. I understand that, uh, and I, that's probably one of the reasons. But I still can't figure out like what the mentality is of a person who lingers in the left-hand lane. I, I wish I could, you know, uh, we could figure out a way to kind of like get them all in a room and ask them, like, what's wrong with you? You know what I mean? Like, what's your problem? I, I, because because I, it, it's not, uh, there's no one type of person that you could see that that does that. You know, like they're all different kinds of people who do that. But you're trying to figure out, like, what is it that what mentally is wrong with you that has you in the uh, in the in the, in that left hand lane? And uh, Steamfitter Chris is on their phone. I, I I wish I wish that was the, the excuse, but but I don't understand what it is. It's like you know, I wish I wish it was the excuse that people have 
uh, are on their phones, but half the time I see people and they're not on their phones at all. They're just sitting there in there in that left-hand lane. Or when they don't, um, when they don't, uh, like you're on an on-ramp and you are, don't, you don't speed up. You actually slow down on an on-ramp. Like you've got to be retarded to do that. I'm sorry to use that term, but I mean, that is like mental retardation right there. I mean, that, that, that's a problem right there. And the other thing is, when it comes to uh, driving, like last night, uh, I finally put Natalie in the Jeep, and we did a little run around a parking lot, and she did pretty well. It was pretty good. So I'm, so I'm hopefully going to uh, teach them a little bit, uh, as I have the older kids, and, and with Aiden as well, um, and, and teach them to be better uh, driving citizens uh, than, than other people are out there. So, uh, yeah, the biggest thing, and it didn't take Natalie long. I mean, I just told her that's the brake, that's the accelerator, and uh, you don't want to mix them up, which she, of course, didn't have a problem doing. She's very well coordinated. You don't want to mix them up. And, uh, and so we had a couple uh, runs into the curb, uh, but that was okay. That worked out just fine. And so I'll, I'll put some video actually up on Facebook and uh, – um, and do that, and yeah, I agree, man. It's people, you 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 got a mental block if you're out there, and maybe somebody knows what it is in somebody's brain that has them in that left hand lane. I don't know. Line one. Good morning this morning. To whom do I have the pleasure of speaking? Oh, this is John. It just hey John. Us. It just happened on Saturday. We're coming back from Chicago, and and my son-in-law is not getting on this guy's tail. You know, not getting rude to get right on his butt to get him more. But finally, we have a gap that we can go around him. The right, the guy just is going to speed limit, which is fine. But why are you in the left-hand lane? So finally, we get a gap to pass him on the right-hand side. So we do. Next thing you know, the dude speeds up and puts his bright lights on us. <laughs> <laughs> and it was dark. It's, it's like, what a complete jerk. But oh, real quick, I was going to give you my theory on, uh, on why Ray Epps is suing uh, Fox. I think it's going to be another fake Thing like Dominion. I think anything to diminish Tucker Carlson, Fox will go to no ends. I think Fox is going to say, oh, you're right. We, you know, Tucker Carlson screwed you over, Ray. So we owe you money, just like they did with Dominion. Just my opinion. Yeah. All right, man. I appreciate you calling the show. Yeah, I, I think people are really weird about that left lane for whatever reason it is. Anyway, St. Louis, number five on the list of uh, Terrible driving places. All right. Number one on my list, I don't know what my favorite soundbite of the day is, but I have to tell you that aside from some stuff with Tucker Carlson, I think the one that I really am clinging to is the Kamala Harris uh, as the as the, as a speaker at Jesse Jackson's uh, retirement party. Leon, just think about it. And, 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 and you have to see the video uh, because... You have to look at the reactions of these people behind Kamala Harris as she's saying this. So you uh, have to keep in mind, too, that Jesse Jackson is Reverend Jesse Jackson. And the guys around him are also uh, in the religious zone, so to speak. That's who he hangs out with. And so they're all sitting there, people who have worked with him forever, 
and they're black guys and black clergy, and it's Reverend Jesse Jackson, right? And Kamala Harris decides that she's going to do this. And early on, just think about it. Early on, he even had the audacity to name this coalition the National Rainbow Coalition. Think about that. Yeah, they're thinking about it, all right. And they're thinking, hey, did she just decide that uh, the Rainbow Coalition actually was the first, like, rainbow for the LGBTQ community? Did she just say that? And does does Kamala Harris know who she's talking to here? Now, I'm not saying these guys are intolerant or bigoted or whatever, but they are religious people. And they are people who uh, generally might not altogether be on board with the LGBT community. Uh, and and, and that, that certainly was not the reason why Jesse Jackson came up with the Rainbow Coalition. So we sat there and watched Kamala Harris literally culturally appropriate Jesse Jackson's Rainbow Coalition and turn it into the LGBTQ thing right in front of a bunch of black dudes, most of whom have reverend in front of their name. I mean, it's often told that Kamala Harris seemingly talks and never seems to have any kind of grasp uh, who she's talking to. It's so outplaced. It's like, About it. and you got to see the on, faces of these guys. He even the had the audacity to name this coalition the National Rainbow Coalition. Think about that. He defined the rainbow. He was one of the first. No, I didn't. No, I didn't, girl. That's what Jesse Jackson would say. He defined the rainbow in a different way. The rainbow was was meant to be diversity as it relates to race. That's what that was about. It wasn't like the original OG LGBTQ insignia. Line number one. Good morning this morning. Who am I speaking? What's going on? Hey, what's going on, Jan? Hey, how you doing? It's Chad. Yeah, what's up, Chad? Uh, first thing about Kamala Harris, man, um, she in itself, in a nutshell, uh, makes you want to abolish, uh, affirmative action <laughs> just because her, her qualifications for being a vice president is just, you know, she's just stupid, man. I'm, I'm, I don't want to, uh, you know, sugarcoat that, but, uh, some of her statements and things she's done is really, really set, uh, the, the office of the vice presidency presidency uh back yeah so you know it's just it's just very uh very sad to have her uh you know in that position let me ask you something about the uh about uh uh the uh circuit attorney's office you hear that they just convicted some guy uh that committed murder back in 19 he just got convicted in the city of st louis no that would have never that will have never have happened on the uh, Tim Gordon. Oh yeah, no, right. So we're so we're we're already reaping the benefits of having a circuit attorney that's actually prosecuting cases. It's mighty funny. You haven't heard anything else out of that office since they got her out of there. 
No, you haven't. Although uh, that little piece of news, though, is absolutely good news. I'd love to hear more about their convictions and everything else. Yeah, I, I just feel uh, uh, much better about that. But you talking about traffic and things of this sort, James, I have a theory that if the city of St. Louis just would enforce people not having insurance, just uh, basically let everybody know they're going to start doing safety checks, if you don't have insurance, it's against the law to drive without insurance. Oh, uh, you can yeah. get your license suspended. Yeah. Yeah. If they if they just did that, you're talking about traffic. Do you know how much safer the uh the uh the people would be in the city of St. Louis as far as driving? Uh I see a lot of young men just recklessly driving in the city. Uh expired temp tags, all these type of things that and that they, they consistently run uh uh stoplights. I mean it's 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 absolutely you take your life in your own hands yeah. when you decide to, to drive in the city of St. Louis on a regular basis. When you're dodging, not only the dodging bullets, but you're dodging these maniacs in these cars. And I just wish the city would uh, start uh, clamping, clamping down on some of these expired license tags and doing some uh, safety checks. Yeah, the, and the, the, last the, thing, flapping, Jack, the flapping temp, temp tag, you see it everywhere. I saw one dude... Not too long ago, and he had uh, he had this thing, and it it, it, was, it expired in twenty one. So, uh, yeah. and, and this guy had the uh, he tried to be slick. I mean, no police officer is going to uh, buy it, but apparently, they don't tell me, was, don't tell me, he tried to change the numbers on it. No, he he tried to put like it was like a car from the Dean team. It was like a license plate that had the Dean team thing. He cut the Dean team part out and then put it underneath on the bottom. So that it covered uh, up the, the numbers halfway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just it's just ridiculous to me. And the last thing, you know, we had a situation, I think, a year and a half, maybe two years back, uh, where Illinois and some of these small townships in Illinois, you know, you got Edwardsville, uh, Troy, Belleville, and places like that. Well, they had a rash of, uh, of burglaries and uh, car thefts and things of this sort uh, coming over, and they found out it was from... Uh, 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 the bulk of the crime was coming from uh, Missouri license plates. Uh, so basically what they did, they started doing safety checks. And guess what happened to the crime? Mm. Yep. They stopped, they stopped coming over. Yep. Uh, the yep. crime went down. And so you, you can't tell me if you just enforce traffic laws and make sure that these guys are driving around with insurance and you're, you're eliminating Tempax. Half the crime, I bet you, will go down, man, because you you need a car most of the time to commit crimes, to, to get away. Yeah. And if you if you got these safety checks going on and making sure that these people uh, aren't driving, uh, uh, you know, with uh, faulty temp tags, no insurance, and all these other type of things, you're doing these safety checks, it will most definitely bring the crime down. Man. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree with you. And so would also getting rid of personal property taxes, because I think that prevents a lot of people from, and, and I don't think, I mean, obviously you still should do it because everybody else does. But, man, if we didn't have personal property taxes, I think 90% of these people doing the whole temp tag thing and not getting their licenses would make a difference. But um, uh, but Republicans. You're, you, you're right on that, too. Yeah. <laughs> you're yeah. right on that, too. Yeah, Republicans right, destroyed Jeremy, that great, possibility. Great okay. talking to you. Okay, right. man. Chad, thanks for the insight. Right. Chad's always our guy with uh with uh, with his ear towards the ground on the city side, but yeah, that's 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 part of it too. I'm not I'm not you know, listen. I'm not, I'm not trying to blame uh, 
the government for the peep the fact that other people don't comply with the laws. But if but if but half the time, and you guys know what this is about, half the time personal property taxes are so crippling that uh, you some people can't actually get their license plates because they can't afford to pay the personal property taxes, which can wander into a couple, three, four thousand dollars. I mean, it's a lot of money. And a lot of people can't just come up with that right away. I think it's I think actually it's a sign of a poor economy. Uh, but but maybe if the Republicans would actually stop being a bunch of siphons and greedy pigs, we could get rid of the personal property tax. And 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 maybe after that, get a rain on assessments. How many of you have seen your home assessments skyrocket? I know I have. Have you seen your home? Thirty percent, mine did. What about yours? And that's because we have a greedy pig assessor in the. I live in the county, uh, but I so I don't know what your situation is where you are. But we have a greedy pig assessor who's a Democrat. Because we didn't elect Peter Pfeiffer, and so invariably what happened was we got uh, skyrocketing uh, real estate tax increases now, which I'm fighting. I think, I think if we all just revolted and, 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 and just refused to pay them at the same time, hey, it happened in California of all places, right? Everybody makes fun of California, but at least they had a tax revolt. Back in the day, 1977, and and uh, Jarvis, remember that whole thing? So you can, you can mock California all you want, but there was a day when they actually all revolted on their taxes, and and uh, that's that's what we should do too. I think. Take a break here. Lisa says her home assessment went up 45 percent. Zimmerman, who's the assessor, his home assessment went up one percent. I gotta get that. I gotta get that on paper. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick, so I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.